Sometimes you can't please everyone And sometimes you can't please anyone And sometimes you just fuck up Yes, you do Sometimes you just fuck up Hello, 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 and welcome to episode two of Useless Motivation. I'm your host, Barney Barn Barn, and um, all right, in episode one, I was talking about cognitive bias. Um, we're going to talk about that some today, but um, one thing I was thinking is that maybe I didn't explain why I'm naming the show Useless Useless motivation. Um, I mean, some of the names I was trying to come up with at first. I had uh, motivation, uh, motivation for the motivationless. That didn't really stick, and um, had a couple others. But the way it kind of hit me: a, it rolls off the tongue nice. Useless motivation. It's all about branding, baby. Um, but I was also just thinking because you know the ideas were kind of like an anti-motivation podcast. I didn't want to be anti, so I wanted to be motivation, but if you listen to episode one, my view on life, <laughs> that at the end of the day, it's actually meaningless and we all turn to dust, um, is that it's useless in the long run, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy life, like actually have joy in life in the short run, and that's kind of where my first podcast went, and I'm going to try and keep going in that direction. Um, I mean, I don't know if you, somebody told me, told me this story about Stephen Colbert and you can look it up and tell me if I got it right. But apparently I think everyone knows this. He had some kind of big tragedy in his family. I think like half his family or a couple siblings or something died, I think in a car accident or a boating accident. And this friend of mine, when I went through a tough thing, when I had a, a death in my family a few years ago, I had a good friend tell me a quote, from him, and I'm going to totally mangle it now, but um, basically, she said she saw an interview where Colbert said something along the lines of, um, you know, someone was asking, like, well, how, after going through that, how can you be, how can you be happy? And Colbert said something like, oh, I don't strive for happiness anymore, but I still have joy in my life. And I thought that was a good thing. Again, if you listen to episode one, we talked about... <laughs> Chasing happiness is a waste. It's a fool's gold, you know, permanent happiness, you know. Um, but it's just like, when are you actually happy? Obviously, I'm only going to speak for myself here, but I'm hoping some people feel the same way. Here's one thing I realized. Last episode, I talked about hypochondria and, you know, not living in the moment and anxiety. And I realized when... You know, yeah, you can have a beer or, you know, obviously there's medication you can take. But I thought, when do I naturally not, when does all that, that anxiety and worry about the future, when does it fall away? There's meditation, too. I've been doing a little bit of that. I don't do it that regularly. Um, it doesn't help while I'm doing it, but I'm sure it does. I do seem to have better days when I do it. So I'm not going to poo-poo meditation and mindfulness, as they're calling it now. But there's really only one time where, for me, when you're in a zone and I don't worry about the past and I don't worry about the future, 
and it's when I'm creating stuff. Kind of like this, although I'm still new to this, so I'm not really in my element yet. But, um, you know, I used to make music. I'm a film editor by trade, you know, mostly for creative, uh, mostly for advertising stuff, music videos and stuff. But, um, you know, but, you know, even if it's the corniest commercial, no offense to all my advertising friends out there, when I'm actually in the process of doing something creative, I lose myself, I'm in a zone, and my anxiety literally, it, it doesn't just go away, I forget I have it. And then you come out of it, and then you gotta answer an email or answer the phone, and you know, get on the subway, and it all, you know, it all comes, comes right back. But, um, but here's my thing, whether it's at work, whether it's you know, something, a labor of love, create shit. Like, even if like, you're not, you, don't, you say, oh, I'm not a creative person. First of all, it's bullshit. Um, you know, there've been studies done that everybody's born creative. If you have a kid or a niece or a nephew, you see a baby like they're every everybody. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, everybody is naturally creative. So my first advice to almost anybody who's going through anxiety stuff, I'm not let me just say again, I'm not a doctor. If you're feeling really bad, please go see a doctor. Um, but you know, if you're just like, you know, you're kind of in the doldrums, you have a lot of, a lot of anxiety, a lot of, uh, you know, just feeling down, you know, you can't concentrate, you, you can't get stuff done. Take a break. I mean, yeah, you can read a book, you can watch Netflix, that helps too, because that kind of puts you in a creative mindset. But do a little bit of creative work yourself. Do something, doodle, draw, make music. Um... I ran a business for eight years and I discussed, you know, at first I did a lot of things fucked up, but one of the first things me and my partners had to do is, you know, and our, our accountant guy told us to do this, said, oh, you got to do projections. Like you have to like kind of figure out how much money you might have in six months so you don't have to close the doors. And so I had to learn um, spreadsheets, you know, and I never went to business school. I never, I never did very well in anything other than, you know, creative school stuff. You know, I, I liked science and English a bit, but I didn't really apply myself, as they say. So in math, I totally sucked at. I was in a math class. I didn't get past algebra. My kid, who's about to start high school, is like almost doing like trigonometry, I think. I don't even know what, but she's like, really, she sits there and talks. She, she follows math Instagram accounts, okay? She's a math kid. And I was so bad at math that I failed algebra and they put me in something called LAM math. And we were told it stands for learning aptitude math. And I remember my first day there, this friend of mine said, oh, what math class are you in? I said, oh, I'm in LAM math. He goes, oh, you're in low average math. So, <laughs> so that was my, uh, I will pause while you all laugh. That's the one guaranteed laugh I'm going to get from this podcast. Where was I? Um, math, create. So spreadsheets. <laughs> that was my point. So me and my partners, we had to do projections. So I taught myself spreadsheets and I sort of discovered that, oh, looked at from a certain vantage point, this can be creative. Doing spreadsheets, can, it's not that different from editing, which is my day job. You know, you're just moving information around and you're you say, oh, well, maybe I'll make another thousand dollars tomorrow, whatever, you know. So anyway, so 
it's just you can find creativity in different places. You know, I grew up in, you know, my parents were in the theater and, and it was almost like too much, to be honest, about, you know, it was too much worrying about trying to get on stage or be an actor, or be in a band. And, and even that kind of stuff, that, that trying to get on, you know, and you have it now with people getting on YouTube and reality shows, like, that's not being creative. That's just trying to get noticed. You know, that's just trying for notoriety. I mean, even you, know, you can say doing a podcast is that. But the thing that gets me out of my head is when I'm doing creative work. It can be something that I'm hired to do for a commercial. It can be, it can be music that I'm doing myself. But as long as it's the creative part, not not the conference calls, not the emails, not the putting this up on YouTube. I'd say like right now, I would say I'm kind of in that zone because I'm I'm starting to like I'm starting to like doing this. So I I would consider this kind of part of it. My back was hurting this morning. I just had a five hour plane ride and my back was killing me and now I'm thinking about it again so it'll come back but I wasn't thinking about it until just now and I think that's because I'm kind of in a zone because I'm doing something creative when I'm done with this and I have to edit this podcast and put music on it and send it to my buddy David Heller who's the one who's inspiring me to do this podcast shout out to my producer David Heller who is not here I am doing this by myself at my uh, work studio TMI as the kids say so anyway so that's just my message is Create something, do something, write a journal, write a book, you know, and you don't have to show it to anybody. You don't have to worry about, once you start worrying about how it's going to be taken, then you get out of the zone, I find. Writing a song, drawing a picture, once you worry, oh, will the teacher like it? Oh, you know, will my friends like it? Oh, I'm going to put this in my band and we'll do a gig next week. If you think about that stuff, you forget it, then you're, you're done. You have to just be like, I'm going to create something. I'm going to make something right now. Paper mache, arts and crafts, cooked meal, whatever it is. Just worry about, don't like cook a meal and don't worry about whether people have to eat it. That's probably not good, uh, good cooking advice. So, um, so anyway, so that's, that's my, my sort of bigger message today. And, and the thing is like, get, get in your own head because you're the only person who knows what is going on in your head. I'm going to say that again. You are the only person who knows what it's like to be you. Another old reference, Tom Petty. You don't know what it's like to be me. I mean, that kind of had a negative thought. You can flip that and go, hey, I'm the only one who does know what it's like to be me. You know, so just keep, if, if, you, if, you, if you know that and you accept that, and, and you, you're like, you're not going to worry about what other people think. And so, again, we're social animals. I was talking about negativity bias last time. This time, I don't know what the technical term is. You know, a lot of people talk about um, a virtue signaling. That's kind of a big catchphrase. But, but these things come from science. You know, I, I think the way people use it is probably wrong and negative. But the fact is, that is what we're doing. When you're, when you're with people and you're worrying about how someone's going to see, you know, just putting your clothes on in the morning, like... That is part of that mindset where, as social animals, oh, what is this person thinking? Oh, am I going to have status with this person, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of it is subconscious. You know, don't kick yourself about it if you do feel that way. We all do that. You know, um, I, I hate talking on, I hate talking to people on uh, FaceTime because you can't get rid of 
the, the image of your face. And when I see my face, I just want Jesus. Like, what am I wearing? What is that hair? Like, I just get so self-conscious and the way to stay unselfconscious is to have a real conversation with someone where you're not worrying about that shit. So that's another, it's another thing you can do to get out of your head is have a real honest conversation with someone where it's not transactional. It's not somebody, you know, you're trying to sleep with or get work from. And you just, it's like a friend, you call a friend and just have a conversation. I, I don't do that enough. And, um, maybe I got to do that in addition to this podcast. Okay. Physician, non-physician heal thyself. But just getting back to the thing that I was talking about, about really knowing yourself. Only you know yourself. So only you know what will work to get you in that zone. And you know what they are. Maybe it's a bike ride. Maybe it's not creativity. You know, maybe that's just for me. But whatever it is, when you, if you know there's things that, that make it so you're not worried about the anxiety anymore, maybe it is just getting on Twitter. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, obviously don't completely isolate because that's not good either. When you do something creative for me, that's that's what really that's what really works. Um, because uh, you know, all we know is what we know. You know, how's that for an empty uh, motivation? All we know is what we know. These are sort of like broken Zen sayings that I'm giving you. Uh, I'm having more fun this time. I think my first podcast was better because um, I'm kind of just babbling this time. Um, I have these notes. I took notes uh, before I started, and I've kind of touched on something. Here's here. I'm going to read you my notes. Create, name of the show, how do you really know yourself? And then the other one, I forgot this one, is Dark Hallway. I was going to start the podcast with uh, Life is a Walk Down a Dark Hallway. And it gets darker and darker and darker. I was going to start the podcast with that. I probably would go from zero listeners to negative negative uh, listeners if I had started it with like that. So I'm glad I didn't get to that note till just now. But life is like a dark hallway. I'm not going to go away from that because it's true. Again, this gets back to the thing I was talking about last time, which is that it's not... Just just because I'm saying, hey, we got to admit that we don't know what's out there, that, that life is probably meaningless. See? A little more positive this week. I said probably. Um, but it, I don't consider that a negative thing because it's like, well, if it's a dark hallway and all I'm going to do is walk into the darkness and, you know, people who have like near-death experiences, they're like, oh, you see the light. All right, fine. You have some hallucination. I'm telling you, it's a dark hallway. It's like... To me, life is like, as Kurt Vonnegut used to say, more old man references, but read Vonnegut, he's still good, um, is uh, Kurt Vonnegut used to say, your life, st- uh, uh, I'm going to mangle this too, because um, I didn't write it down, but uh, your peephole opens up and all this light comes in and suddenly you're in the world. Um, that's kind of where he left it. I had a seventh grade English teacher, anyone out there who went to IS-44 in the 70s, maybe, I think... Mr. Shaston, Mr. Shatner, William Shatner was not my seventh grade English teacher. Wouldn't that be awesome if William Shatner was my English teacher? He was not. But this English English teacher that I had, Mr. Shaston or Schaefer or something, he said, I remember him saying in seventh grade, he said, seventh graders he's saying this to, public high school, New York City, 1970s, he said, some of you may know this already, 
But someday you're going to wake up and realize you start to die the day you're born. And I just, I just remember my, my class, like everybody just like their jaws dropped. You like saw some kids look like they were about to burst into tears. But like for me, and you know, I kind of went through sort of a, right after that, like eighth, and ninth grade, I kind of went through not a, not a, there was no goth back then, but you know, listen to Black Sabbath, me and my friends before we got into R&B and more, you know, interesting up, um, not upbeat, but, you know, sort of more life-affirming music. We were kind of into metal and Sabbath. You know, we thought Sabbath was much better than Zeppelin because Sabbath was so dark, you know. So it, it, it kind of kicked that natural thing that happens in adolescence where you suddenly notice your own mortality. And I have a feeling if a teacher said that today, he'd probably be fired right away. But um, but it, it, I kind of loved it. It gave me a a sense that, hey, it's okay to look at the dark thing. He used to read us H.P. Lovecraft's too. That didn't really stick. I don't really remember much of that, and I didn't buy H.P. Lovecraft. After that, I got into Vonnegut and typical sort of teen teen stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I just, I love the fact that he made us, like, sort of look at the facts. It's like, we don't know why we're here. I don't care what any religion tells you about light at the end of the tunnel. All we know is that, you know, it it doesn't end well for anybody. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't how much how many friends you have. It all kind of ends the same way. So, the, it, let me be clear. It's a tunnel that gets darker. But once you realize, hey, that's probably a dark tunnel. There's probably just darkness at the end of it. But I'm not at the darkness now. This kind of gets back to the other things. Like, I know I'm in the light. And this is the only time. This is the only time you're going to be here. This is the only time. This moment, you know, can be an earthquake and an earthquake seconds from now. It was just in California. There was a rumble. I slept through it. But it's always been my fear being in California that there's going to be an earthquake. So, but there is going to be an earthquake. There's that negativity bias again. But... Just if you if you don't think about the earthquake, just think about the fact that there's not an earthquake. Every time you walk it, that's remember last week I was talking about twisted ankle. This week your homework assignment is walk wherever you are and think, wow, there's no earthquake right now, and there will be someday because there are going to be earthquakes everywhere because you know this planet was not designed. <laughs> I don't care what the creationists say, this planet it was just some lucky shit that that it works at all, you know, and that's it. So being alive at all. Being in the hallway is lucky. You know how many potential humans never even get in that fucking hallway, dark as it is? They're, they're only at the dark end of the, of the tunnel, of the hallway. You know, so know yourself. N- know what you know. Know that you exist. Know that you're here now, all right? Because that's what I'm doing. And when you do that, it, 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 when you admit that the darkness is there, don't Ignore the darkness. Admit that it's there and just go, hey, but I'm not in that darkness right now. I'm not in the darkness at all. All right. I think, I think that's enough for today. I'm going to try and keep these nice and short. Hopefully your subway ride or your dog walk is almost over. I'm trying to time this right. I'm not going to do the three-hour Joe Rogan, Sam Harris ones. Um, not even as long as, as Mark Marin. All right, why am I name-dropping podcast people? Because I'm not in the zone. I just got out of the zone.
Because uh, you saw that. Did you? Did, I'm not gonna. I was gonna cut that out. I'm not gonna cut it out. Did you see how I was like really in it? I was talking about hallways in my seventh grade English teacher, and then you saw me suddenly. I started mentioning other podcasters because suddenly I got into the oh, you know, are people gonna listen to this? Am I, am I gonna be as good as other podcasts podcasters? Is that like I totally got out of my head? Um, we're going to end tonight. I'm not going to play Sometimes Again. You don't have to listen to that song every podcast. It'll be always be the open, at least for a while. But now I'm going to play another song that I wrote. It's technically on an Astro Chicken record. You can look it up. Um, uh, it's on my Astro Chicken record called Sweet Tooth, which is really a solo record, but I just put it all under Astro Chicken because the way I self, um, self-publish the stuff, it's cheaper to have one name. Um, and the song is called impossible task and it's actually about how we can never really know each other but so it's a little negative but you know it's the flip side of that is that you can know yourself you know it's the only thing you can know so here it comes thank you for listening uh please tune in next time for episode three of useless motivation don't misunderstand me Possible task. The only thing I understand is why you had to ask. The cards are on the table, but the table won't turn. I'm trying hard to understand why I refuse to learn. I won't dare stop what you don't dare drop Because the fish don't stink from the bottom to top You got your head in the script and your heart is a prop Impossible times Do you believe the sadness can wash away the sin? Sunshine lights to burn below the skin. Misinterpretation, it's right there in the mask. We only need the strength to lift it up. Impossible task, and you don't dare stop. What you don't dare drop Because the fish don't stink From the bottom to the top You got your heart in the script And your head is a prop Impossible task It's an impossible task Impossible task Impossible task Impossible times Impossible times